And greetings. Welcome to the show. Plymouth Law Show, we do it all week. It's uh, John Scholes here along with Alex Lucifero. He is the uh, the representative employmentlawyer.ca. You'll uh, catch Alex anytime you make that phone call and discuss your matter. Here's how you reach out to him. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We are ready to go. We hope you are as well. Why, when an employer can cannot let you go, rather. When an employer cannot let you go. We'll cover that topic tonight. Maybe some email if we have time. But we always start off, pal, with the case of the day. What you got cooking? Hey, John. Thanks very much. Great to be uh, here. Great to be back. Another Monday edition of the Employment Law Show. Talking employment law, workplace rights. Really, if it has to do with your work, with your employment, we cover it all here on this very show for the next half an hour. Another busy Monday for us, uh, cool. John. It's been quite a quite a busy past couple of weeks, past couple of months, I would say. Still getting a ton of questions from employees dealing with all sorts of employment law issues. Lots of changes happening within workplaces that are leading to uh, constructive dismissal claims. Maybe we'll touch on that a little more as we go through the show. Some employers bringing employees back into the office after three years, John, after working for three years remotely. Uh, lots of employees still being temporarily laid off. Uh, that's still a common scenario we see. And of course, uh, you know, our employment rates are up and down over the, over the uh, past few months, 2023. We're seeing lots of people getting permanently let go from their jobs, uh, yeah. John, and being offered severance packages and uh, almost always far, far less than what employees are actually owed when it comes to severance. Uh, really, regardless of the situation we're speaking with and helping you know, lots of people, so many people with respect to their employment situations every day, and that's what we're here to do for the next half hour. We're here to take your calls, answer really any and all questions when it comes to employment law, whether you have a pension question, whether you have a severance question, whether you just want to know if your employer is treating you fairly or not, whatever the issue is, you need a situation like that handled as quickly as possible. Employment situations, employment problems, workplace disputes cannot fester. The more they fester, the more complicated the situation becomes. And actually from an employee's point of view, John, uh, the more difficult they become to resolve. You need to nip these situations in the bud. So please feel free to call in. Don't be shy. There are absolutely no bad questions when it comes to employment law. We want to hear from you. We want to help out in any way we can. Uh, and to get the ball rolling tonight, uh, John, uh, as usual, let's start with the case of the day. Uh, let's talk about a matter that came across my desk uh, today. And actually, um, that, uh, that I just resolved today, uh, John, in quite a positive way. Spoke with an individual. This was now a few weeks, uh, a few weeks back, about a month back. Uh, uh, John, a very nice fellow, was in his uh, late fifties. He had been a maintenance manager with an employer. The employer was actually a, a well-known university here in the province. Uh, working in the background, of course, working as kind of maintenance, uh, supervisory slash kind of managerial role. He had been with the university, John, for about seven years. Actually, just shy of of seven years. And interestingly, John, and we see this from time to time, this was one of those employees where for one reason or another, the university was having him sign contracts every single year of his employment. Mm -hmm. He was basically considered a one-year employee signing a new contract, kind of prolonging his service every single year of, of his employment. He would sign a new contract, uh, John, in March of every single year, and he signed, I guess it would have been he signed six of those contracts uh, for the first six years of, of his employment. Well, what happened, John, was in March 
uh, of of this year with very little notice you know right before that previous contract was supposed to was supposed to end the university came to him and said actually sir uh you know this year we're not renewing the contract we're actually doing away with this position we don't need this role anymore within w- within the university and your employment's coming to an end uh, I think the date was something like March 31st, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, John. And so very, I have to say, unceremoniously, uh, and really with barely any notice, I think it was a, you know, max a week notice, uh, John, this gentleman went from, you know, having a seven-year job to having no job at all. What the university told him, uh, John, quite incorrectly, mind you, was that because he signed one-year contracts every mm-hmm. single year, that they didn't owe him any severance can you believe it he was considered a you know a contract employee and because he should have known that his contract was coming to an end he wasn't going to be owed any severance and what i told him when i initially speak to him spoke to him a few weeks ago john was well that's absolutely nonsense that's not the case the law is very very clear that an employee like this that signs multiple successive year and year out contracts over the course of multiple years is not a contract employee. That employee isn't a one-year employee starting their employment over again every single year. This gentleman, as I mentioned, was a seven-year employee, and he's owed severance, John, like any other employee, based on his years of service with the with the university, his age at the time of termination, and his position with uh, the university as well long story short uh, 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 John again this gentleman was in his late 50s seven years of service in a kind of supervisory role we got this gentleman from really zero severance uh, John to eight months of severance which is actually the proper severance package that any employee of his age position and years of service should be getting that's exactly what we got him Uh, it took a few weeks to get there the university needed a bit of a a, a bit of a course, a bit of a lesson, uh, uh, John, in severance, uh, but they got that, uh, and in quite a kind of amicable way, actually, uh, we resolved the situation on very successful terms for this employee. Obviously, it's a tough spot. John, let's not kid ourselves. He's now lost his job, right? He's picking up the pieces and having to look for new employment, but he now has the time that he needs and the financial security that he needs in order to get him moving on to that next job he's not in a position to retire he needs to be working and so he's going to be looking uh for that next position uh it's a lesson for all our employers out there uh you know don't try and weasel your way out of severance or sneak your way out of severance there there's no catch here right if you're Mm -hmm. employing an an employee for seven years you're going to be owing them severance based on that full length of service and for employees the lesson has to be don't just assume that what your employer is telling you is correct. Employers make mistakes all the time when it comes to employment law issues, especially when it comes to severance. This gentleman did the right thing. He reached out, got some good legal advice, put his trust in us, and the result is he got the severance that he's owed. It's good stuff. That's a good way to open up this show tonight. Uh, we'll get into a short break, get into your phone call. Zach, I see you there. Stand by. You're going to be first off the hop on the phone lines. The Employment Law Show continues. Stand by. And welcome back to it. Uh, no face painting on this show. No, no. We, we do that at schools here. Alex Luchaferro, our uh, resident lawyer on a Monday night. You want to reach out to Alex after the show. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But as just mentioned, as we get into our topic of uh, when an employer cannot let you go, phone calls always first. Zach, you're up. How are you? Well, how are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? 
Uh, a lot of things. Um, okay. So uh, I called a few weeks back with just like a little inquiry, but now I've got a little bit more information. Um, I called on behalf of my father saying, oh, he's not able to work due to illness and was pretty much told that because of that, he's not going to really get owed um, any severance because they're not really laying him off. They're not firing him. They're not. It's pretty much stagnant. So uh, an update. Today, he got a record of employment laying him off. And it says mm. reason for issuing this role or this uh, ROE, illness or injury. So they pretty much told him, okay, you know, we're not going to fire you. We're not going to this. We're not going to that. But based off the information we were told before of him not getting severance, he thinks this is now the only way to get any money. Yeah, a difficult situation, obviously, Zach. When it comes to uh, you know any kind of medical issue that uh, uh, that means that you're not able to work, that puts any employee, any individual, in, in a tough spot. Can I ask that, is, is, Zach? Is this a uh, a permanent situation with respect to his medical uh, medical issue, or is it temporary? Well, it it all depends on him. He, his license got suspended due to Parkinson's, mm-hmm. so he's got to he's got to do a whole bunch of uh, tests and another driving course, and basically the ministry can either give him back his license or sure. say you need more courses. So we don't know yeah. how long this could go on for. Fair, fair enough. And so I think that's actually the primary question here, Zach, because if this is a you know a temporary situation where there's a chance he might get his license back, right? And I don't know what the odds are there, but if that's a possibility, then uh, and if he is unable to work without the license, right? So in other words, it's neither your father's fault, nor is it the employer's fault that he's unable to work. He's simply unable to uh, to work because of a medical condition. If that correctly describes the situation, the employer is correct in issuing the record of employment in the way that they did, because your father is effectively on a medical leave of absence. That's what that code stands for. It doesn't mean he's been terminated as a result of his disability. It means that he has been effectively laid off or put on a medical leave of absence, laid off because of his medical condition. Now, if that inability to work, Zach, becomes permanent, well, then we have to have the the conversation of whether your father's owed any severance or not. But until the situation is clear in in its permanency or not, or until he gets his license back and actually passes that test, it's too early to say. I think the more the immediate difficulty your dad has, obviously now, is that an employer doesn't have to pay an employee who's on a medical leave of absence. Now, your dad has to either rely on employment insurance, what are called sickness benefits, Mm. right? It's basically EI for someone who is medically unable to work or disability insurance if your dad has it. The employer doesn't have to pay your dad while he's off on a medical leave. Okay, so like I said, the reason for issuing this ROE says illness or injury. Should he follow through with this? And then, like you said, if things become permanent, then give you guys a shout? Follow through with what exactly? So, you know, I guess um, I'm not really sure how to fill one of these out, but I guess if he goes online, I don't know if he has to fill one of these out, but he just got the envelope and he said, what this says he will. Yeah, so it, you're referring to the Record of Employment Act? Yeah. 
Yeah, so the record of employment, nothing needs to be done. That's a copy for his records. And actually, I wouldn't be surprised if Service Canada already has a copy because it has to be submitted electronically. Uh, if, if money is an issue short term, your dad should be applying for employment insurance. Uh, right again, they're called sickness benefits if it's due to a medical, uh, medical issue. If he has disability insurance benefits, uh, Zach, he should be applying for disability insurance. Uh, and as John well knows, and lots of our listeners know, we uh, we also deal in disability insurance. If you if they give your dad a hard time, then we can help them there as well. But those are the immediate steps. It then becomes a question of whether his medical condition becomes permanent or not. If it becomes permanent, there is a good chance that he is owed severance. If this is temporary, right, that his his employment is not terminated, he's on a medical leave of absence, right, and when he gets his license back he'll have to be returned back to work. His employer is going to have to have him back if he gets his license back. Okay, perfect. So, okay, um, I'll s straighten out the numbers, and if I have any issues, I'll call you guys on uh, regular hours. Exactly. And that's what I would suggest, Zach. If if you're if you're unsure of the situation or if things take a left turn, don't be shy to give us a call. This is exactly the kind of situation where an employment lawyer could be very very handy. You need to know what your dad's rights are now, rather than making a decision now and then not knowing what you know what the ultimate outcome of that decision might be in the future. You don't want to resign your employment, for example, or give up any rights that your dad might have in the situation. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate your time uh, to make the call as well. Beyond that, uh, that number you're, you're probably going to need and maybe probably have a further conversation with Alex for sure in the near future. one 821 5900 is how we go about doing that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But moving on to the topic, pal, here we go. When an employer cannot let you go, number one, because of being sick and not work. We just kind of covered that. Let's move on to number two. You cannot be let go if you have a drug <laughs> or alcohol problem. Uh, which is yeah, true. That's, how, that's a disability, right? It, it is absolutely. So uh, whether you know you're dealing with a medical issue, right? So yep. whether it's uh, Zach's dad and and whatever medical issue he was dealing with, or whether and this is specific to Ontario and and uh, other provinces in Canada as well, or whether you're dealing, John, with a drug or alcohol addiction problem, mm -hmm. those two in particular have been deemed disabilities under our human rights legislation. They have been recognized as legitimate genuine disabilities and so if as an employee you're dealing with a drug addiction issue or dealing with an alcohol addiction uh, uh, issue it is going to be considered a disability under that human rights legislation and what that means is that your employer cannot discriminate against you they cannot punish you because you are dealing with those issues what does that mean that means an employer can't let you go John because you're dealing with a drug or alcohol addiction uh, issue they they cannot reprimand you in any kind of way they cannot mm -hmm. demote you in any kind of way they need to accommodate right any uh, medical restrictions that you might have any time that you might need to take off as a result of those addiction issues to hopefully get them sorted out right an employer has to play ball in those respects just as though they would have to play ball if you're having to go for a surgery or if you're dealing with cancer or any other serious health issue again drug and alcohol addiction problems are uh, effectively the same and they need to be treated the same when it comes to accommodations in the workplace you can also not be let go for any reason related to pregnancy or a parental leave big time Absolutely, absolutely right. And this one, uh, I would hope, John, is is obvious to all. Uh, 
uh, in that uh, an employer cannot let an employee go uh, because they're taking a parental leave uh, or they're taking a pregnancy or maternity uh, leave. You cannot, again, discriminate against an employee who's having to uh, care for uh, a child or give birth to uh, a child. And actually, uh, let me exp you know expand that for a sec, uh, John, because interestingly enough, there's actually kind of a a greater protection here, which is called family caregiver leave. And mm. actually, and we saw this lots during COVID, actually, if you're a parent at home and you have a, a sick child at home and, you know, there, there are no babysitters available, you obviously can't send the, the, the child to, uh, to daycare or to school if they're ill, your employer has to accommodate that situation as well, John. It's important to keep in mind. Your employer can't reprimand you because you're having to work from home that day, for example, to care for your uh, a child. That kind of situation needs to be respected as well. Certainly when it comes to you know terminating an employee on that basis, that's, that's illegal. But again, also allowing that employee a day off or again, working from home, some sort of arrangement to allow them uh, to care for their children. And again, that applies very much so to something like maternity leave or parental leave as well. Let's get to one more of these before we slide into some email talking about uh, when an employer cannot let you go. And this one, you cannot be let go if you complain about workplace harassment. That's right. Also true, uh, uh, John. That's what we call a reprisal. If an employer is letting an employee go because they you know, formally complained about their the, the treatment in the workplace. Again, that's what we call a reprisal that is illegal. Uh, John, it's contrary to the Employment Standards Act in Ontario. It's contrary to the Occupational Health and Safety Act as a number, uh, as another example of legislation that it, that it might breach. An employer cannot, cannot terminate you just because uh, you filed some sort of harassment complaint or a complaint about behavior in the workplace. And get this, John, it even kind of extends slightly beyond that. An employer cannot reprise against an employee, cannot punish an employee for filing a workplace harassment complaint, even if it's the case that the harassment complaint is ultimately unfounded. So even if the employer investigates your concerns about workplace conduct, right, and finds, well, no, actually, John, you're incorrect. The other person was in the right here. There's no harassment that took place. Even in that situation, John, you can't get in trouble. You can't get in trouble at all for having voiced your concerns about workplace bullying or harassment. So that's meant to encourage employees to, to you know, to speak freely about these issues uh, and, and feel free to uh, voice those concerns about workplace harassment. It is, I have to say, John, it is a major problem ac across every single industry. Okay. No industry is spared from bullying and harassment in the workplace. It's something that employers need to take very, very seriously. Let's get to a uh, another phone call. What do you say? I think we got uh, Ian standing by. Ian, how are you? Hey, not bad, guys. Good evening. Um, Good, brother. What's so, going on? Uh, it's sort of fairly complicated and annoying, but I, I'm in a construction business with my dad, family business. Me and him are fighting. I want to leave. I'm leaving the company, basically. And we've been building this thing for the last five years, and we sort of, I don't have anything on paper that I'm, part of the business but it's you know when things are good we're doing it together when we have a scrap it's all his and uh, you know so I'm just wondering like if I am in somehow in, at all entitled to anything um, from the business if I leave I mean I use my property to further the business I mean I store equipment and materials at my house 
I use my own personal vehicle to further the business, like to the tune of 300,000 kilometers and never really build anything per se uh, to the company directly. But I, I do, you know, I get repairs done to my vehicle that the company pays for. But I mean, at 52 cents a kilometer, at, you know, for 300,000 K, that's about 150 grand, I'd imagine, something like that. And probably only really got maybe 30, 35,000 out of the company to affect repairs on my vehicle. So, I mean, there's a few things outstanding there, but I'm just wondering if I have a leg to stand on, basically, because I don't have anything on paper. Yeah, listen, it's a good question, uh, Ian, and I think you're you're right to ask it, certainly. Listen, family family businesses are rarely easy. I'm sorry to hear yeah. about, uh, about the situation. I think there are two ways you've got to look at this, uh, Ian, and it's likely one or the other. Uh, and it really depends on kind of the nature of the relationship here. I mean, it sounds like you, you, you know, you've, you've gone into business with your dad. That might make you, you know, this might be more of a, you know, of a commercial dispute, you know, kind of an owner's dispute, let's say, but, you know, within the business. And, and, you know, coming at it from a com commercial point of view, you might have protections there, uh, right? As an owner of the company or, or a kind of a de facto owner of, of the company, you might have a vested interest in it and there might be, you know, there might be some value there that you can exercise if you're looking to, if you're looking to leave. And, and that's one possible scenario. The other possible scenario is, is more in our wheelhouse and that, and, and that's more kind of an employment relationship, right? So if, if maybe you weren't considered kind of co-owners with, with your dad and it was more of an employment relationship where he was the boss and you were just kind of doing the work, uh, then there are employment laws to consider. And if he is forcing you out, Right. And it's one thing if you're simply leaving of your own accord. And I want to be clear, you know, if, if you just decided there are greener pastures elsewhere, that might just be a resignation. And in that case, you're not owed anything. Uh, yeah. But if he's forcing you out, uh, 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 right, or making some sort of major change to to kind of the terms of uh, or, or the, the usual order of things. Right. And that's forcing you out. Then there may very well be a severance entitlement uh, there again. Yeah. What I would suggest, Ian, only because we're up against the clock here and we're out of time. If it's more, if if the employment situation is more kind of along the lines of how you feel the relationship might actually be, what I'd suggest you do is give us a call off air. Obviously, there's lots to get into here. Again, these family dynamics are always very tricky, very sticky. Let's have a chat off air. Let's figure out what your best option uh, uh, is uh, and take it from there. You want to be careful. You don't want to walk away for 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 nothing. Right? I think that's the most important thing here. Appreciate it, Ian. Here's how you reach out to Alex now that we are done for tonight. Anyway, it is 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll back here tomorrow at 6.30 with the Tuesday edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your night.